If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. I want to start this week's episode by saying thank you for making my podcast part of your routine. There are thousands of podcasts out there that you could listen to. So the fact that you choose one that has me as your coach and mentor is an honor for me. So as an invitation today, I wanted to uh, extend the possibility for you to jump on a call with somebody on my team at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. Because if you like my philosophies and you're ready to join a group of people who are growing and taking action toward financial freedom and fulfillment, then it means that you don't have to do it alone. And it's such a drag doing it alone. It's so much harder doing it alone. It's like swimming upstream. So will you take the next step? Can I entice you to say yes and figure it out later by jumping on a call and finding out what's missing and what is a better strategy and tactic? So go ahead rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, and let's help you fast track towards success. All right. My next guest is a very unique niche guest. Vinu Keller was born in California, the first generation USA, and her parents had an arranged marriage from India. They divorced when she was a toddler and she worked two jobs to put herself through law school. She realized at the age of six that she was different from her peers. She was brown and they were white. She was teased so much that words became her inner narrative. By the age of 13, she was, um, you know, using a nightly prayer of God, if you love me, please don't let me wake up. By 15, she tried to take her life and she was in a psych hospital for two months. She then learned to cut herself as a way to cope with the pain and in search of happiness. By 18, she married. By 30, she was divorced with two kids as a single mom, raising the two boys by herself waiting for 2016 when I can finally leave this earth because they would be 18. Yet by 2017, she went to a seminar that made me think, what if this is happening for me and not to me? What would be the reason? So after 21 years of suicidal tendencies, she became non-negotiable with the new part of her life. She co-authored two best-selling books. She has her own business, the creator of the in-home turnaround. She has six kids and she's used her story to inspire other people, waiting now to impact people at a deep, deep level within the confines of their home. She believes that if one person heard her story, they might choose to change their life. And maybe they went through something that she went through that she can relate to. So 40 years later, there's a movement to wake people up in their families. What if she could be part of the solution? She's in a very, very intelligent, impactful person. I know her personally as a trainer in the Tony Robbins environment. Also, some of her I am statements are, I am self-love. I am unstoppable. I am valuable. I am worthy. I'm a gift from God. I am grateful. I'm a conduit of light and energy. I am determined. I am a student and I am a teacher. Please help me welcome Vinu Keller to the podcast. I am so excited to be here with you, Rock. Thank you so much. Now, we're going to take people down a very unique niche here where we talk about what's going on behind closed doors, which is for a lot of people, not what they portray on the outside part of the world. 
So for a lot of people that are now just introduced to this, you've just recently come off of an experience with a client. Um, Talk us a little bit, you know, first through what you do specifically, you go into people's homes, and then we'll talk a little bit about your past and tie it all together. Okay, perfect. So um, I created a program called the Family In-Home Turnaround. Um, It's a program that I created that I move into families' homes for four days. I actually do stay with them. Um, in order to give me a clear picture of what is going on, feeling the energy, watching everybody's physiology, how they interact, their basically their nonverbal behaviors, you know, because I feel like that is where we actually do a lot of our communication uh, more so than our, our verbal communication. So in order to create this program, I had to really get into understanding the why behind it. And the why behind it is helping kids understand that they're enough. And in order to do that, it starts with the family. It starts with the parents. How are the parents uh, parenting? Are they blaming and shaming? Are they unloading their own personal baggage that unfortunately sometimes it's unconscious that they have these wounds because they've suppressed them so long. So, you know, this program is really about going into homes to teach parents that not that you're doing it wrong, but like, how could you do it better? You know, what is the outcomes you really want for your kids? It's redefining that our kids are not our property. They're, you know, they're a gift to us to love, guide, to be independent individuals. And how are we doing that? How are we showing up to role model how they need to show up? Yeah, awesome. So tell us a little bit about what makes you um, so knowledgeable in this area. How did you get there? I know you're a mom of six kids, but what are some of the tools that you use that maybe other people aren't yet aware of? Well, I think the first thing, Rock, you know, um, is... I had to learn how to be aware of my own baggage. You know, what was I doing? You know, I have like almost every title of mom. I've been a single mom, a married mom, a mom of multiples, an at-home mom, a working mom, like every mom situation I've been in. But be, and beyond that, I've created the tools through studying of my degree in psychology, my background in personal development, um, you know, being certified through my state as um, an infant family specialist. And I kind of created all of that. And in doing so, the one element that I realized that was missing is that I was not aware of my own baggage. I did not realize that the way I was parenting was not just a parenting style per se that I picked up because the way I was parented, it was more of what was I feeling emotionally that I was not aware of that was coming out through my parenting. What were my expectations unconsciously or consciously that I was putting on my kids instead of listening to what my kids needed or wanted? And I feel like that is the, you know, the secret sauce to figuring out how could I be better for my kids? And it's, it goes back to how am I showing up? You know, if I'm showing up in this depressive state, suffering, I'm not good enough. I have no self-worth. And yet I'm trying to tell my kids, no, 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 no. Believe in yourself. No, 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 no. You're doing good it's not congruent. It's not authentic. And you know what? Our kids actually feel that. And, you know, again, it's not what we say, it's what we do. And that's like, honestly, the big disconnect. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, how you grew up and some of the challenges you went through and how you overcame them. Because I really believe that if you're a great coach, you've emotionally gone through the journey that somebody else is about to go through. A 23-year-old that's never been married cannot talk about divorce, as an example. There's a lot of false prophets out there. People want to get into coaching and and they read a book and they're like, oh, I'm going to teach this. 
So where is the depth of emotion that you pulled from? So, you know, one of the things that I love about your, your podcast, Rock, it's really about diving into the I am, right? Like, how do we identify now? And if we're still living in a pattern of how we identified as a child, as maybe a victim or poor me to get those needs met, we're never going to go into the era of who am I now, you know? And I feel like that was the biggest transition for me. I hung on to the fact that I was suicidal. I was caught up in the whole battle uh, woman syndrome. And like, I created all these labels for me that I really identified. And in all actuality, it brought me comfort. You know, it made me realize, you know, why I was so screwed up. And that's a belief I had. I, you know, I was suicidal for 21 years. I was bullied throughout my life. I never was able to see my true beauty. And then, you know, you go through a program like, oh, love yourself, like yourself. And that's a great in theory. <laughs> but if somebody like said, you know, hey, Rock, I want you just to hold this rose and smell it. What do you, what do you feel? If you've never held a rose or you don't know what that rose smells like, how the heck are you going to even get there? And so it was a process for me to realize, you know, before I just jumped into like, I love me. This is so great. I had to like try to un discover, let me just start out with liking. You know, if I was gonna like myself, what would that look like? What would that feel like? Is it uncomfortable? Great, that means I'm gonna grow through that. And I just started out with baby steps and I had to do a lot of forgiveness. I had to forgive myself. I forgave myself for the choices that I made that got me to where I am today. And I say forgiveness and not forget specifically. If I did not go through every single thing, through cutting, through trying to take my life, through being in a hospital, I don't feel like I would ever have the gifts that I have today to be the person I am today. You know, I show up as a person that st I still know how to feel. I know how to feel sad and I really, you know, feel it and I figure out what it means to me so I can learn through it. And that is honestly the journey and the gift that I feel I can give to kids. So you know, despite, you know, cutting and suicidal and being with psychologists, I felt like nobody got to the core. And the core was nobody asked me, you know, oh, how are you feeling? It's all great. But what did it mean to me? And what it meant to me that I thought, and it's crazy, Rock. I mean, I seriously just had figured out this in the last six months. It's so crazy. I was lonely. I was lonely. It wasn't that I wasn't loved. It wasn't that um, I didn't have a friend. It wasn't that um, I wasn't fully seen by somebody, but I was lonely. And when I go into these homes now, or I'm doing my coaching, like, you know, you hit on something. I was able now to figure out like, why do I connect with these kids so much? Because I get it. They're lonely. And they're like, oh my gosh, like this person, who is this person? Like I've been through hospitals, I've been through psychologists and nobody's ever identified that. So it's like giving them that, why behind what they're feeling. And now that we have that, we have the cause. Now that we have the cause, we can start growing through it instead of ignoring it and going around it. So Brittany Brown says that uh, shame witnessed with empathy allows people to heal. And a lot of times people experience shame where they were sexually molested or they have addictions and they hide it. But the ability to share it with somebody and have that person understand them is where that core coaching place comes from is what I feel. So is, is that part of what happens during your process? Are you able to give people a space for them to be able to say or share some things maybe that they haven't been able to and then to be able to empathize with them and then create some healing? Is that part of what happens? 
Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. So, you know, um, I've been doing my program for many, many years. And I think one of the most beautiful things about this program is how it evolves for each individual. Like every family is an individual. You know, you have this program, but I kind of let the family kind of guide where this program is going to go, right? And what we discover, like I have been in families' homes where the husband did not remember that he was sexually abused. And so when all these um, 10, 15 years of lies and like the mom kind of felt like what, like they, she felt the marriage was built off lies after 10 years, but like they never, they kind of just pushed it aside. Like, no, 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 that's not what I'm feeling. That's not what I'm feeling. And it is a lie. And it's like this man who suppressed that sexual abuse when he was little, you know, um, he didn't realize it was there. And so he created a story in his mind that he wanted to believe to escape that pain, to escape sure. that shame. And so, um, you know, it's, again, it's not about blaming or shaming them. It's like, wow. And like to go into these homes and watch these women just see their man, like it's the most masculine thing they see in their man to like, like discover this about them. And then they get to share that with them. And it's such a beautiful space because you just see, oh my God, this like, Although there's been years of lies, uh, you know, for 10, 15 years, it's all like just out. It's fresh. And it's like, we're healing that little boy. And, you know, it's like, and the man's appearing now. And the, the woman's like, you know, what's great is I realized that I'm not crazy. Like the feelings that I felt for all these years were, were true. And what's beautiful is that Venu has come in here to create that space to allow after all these years, like why me? to allow this man to have that space to share what he didn't even realize. Like, I'm going to tell you, Roth, like it could bring tears to my eyes about how beautiful this is. So when you say create the space, what does that look like? It's taking away judgment. It's taking away criticism. It's saying, you know what? I see you for you. And that experience doesn't define you. So, if I'm a guy listening to this, I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. And I don't know if I want to go that deep, right? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little bit scary. Now, I've done a lot of personal development and continue to realize that, you know, the truth will set you free. And doing this kind of work is the work that really matters because it affects all areas of your life. You, you are not going to perform it well at work when you are struggling in your family life, when you have these things that you feel shame around that maybe you're unconscious, but that you're pushing back down. So, Talk to us a little bit about practically what happens when you come in the house. You move in. Where do you start? Do you start with their physical setup? Do you start with their communication? Walk us through a little bit what happens. So before I go into any home, I do a deep dive. I have to do like the investigation process. Like where are we at? Why do you need me? <clears throat> um, what have you tried in the past? Um, and I need to find out their commitment. Like this is a committed pro you know, process. Like to go in and leave and never see them again is like it's not going to be sustainable. You know, there's, they, they need to be accountable. So I continue coaching. So, you know, I just got back from this family's home um, last night, actually. Um, we're already coaching this Thursday, you know, so giving them the space that are all set up. So on day one, when I actually move in, it, I have, I will meet with every single person in that family individually. I want to see through their filters. You know, I need to see what's the definition they're giving things. What's the meaning they've given things. You know, where's the blame coming from? When do they feel shamed? What do they feel they've never been able to discuss? And, you know, I work with all families that have like little toddlers. I work with families that have all teenagers. Um, this family in particular that I worked with, there was no kids together. Like he had kids, she had kids, you know, and they're, they're going into teenage life. So 
it's really understanding where they're coming from. And then on day two, I model. I model the interaction between the parents and the kids because the parents I feel need to see before they do. Like, what is this going to even look like? Again, I'm giving them the rose, right? I'm giving them what it's going to feel like and see like. So when they actually do it, they have a comparison. They're not doubting themselves. They're going into this with absolute certainty. Like, oh, I know what she's doing. I get that. And we're coaching. And then on day three, I'm coaching them through the process. So as they're giving the, you know, the follow through, the consistency, creating these schedules, I'm just changing language, changing language, you know, because communication and your words are very powerful. Every word we say is very powerful. It has its own meaning, whether it's the meaning we're giving it or the person who's receiving it is giving it. So it's so important that I'm watching facial expressions. And instead of telling, we're asking questions. What would that look like? What do you need? If you did, if I did give you that, how do you want me to give you that to you? And then also I'm doing a deep dive in this relationship. So yes, I hear you rock when you say like for a man, it's very scary to go into and imagine how scary it is when you don't even know it was there, you know, but we don't stay there. Like, I feel like, you know, rock, you know, as a coach as well, like we're not staying in the story. It's like, okay, so great for you to uncover that. What are we going to do with it now? What's that, the, the idea of freedom to you now? How does that feel? You know, when you're, whether it's sexual abuse or whether, no matter what it is in your past, if it's colorful or not, it's not, we don't have to criticize it. We don't have to even, you know, shame it or blame it, you know, or judge it. We could just say, okay, this is what it is. This is what's created. It's not great. So how do we want to make it better? And we go on with that. And it's so beautiful because I mean, doing this for many years, like I've been working with families for over 20 years. My program that I created where I actually move in has only been around for about eight years, but it doesn't matter. Like when I work with men, even women, I mean, it's scary for women too, you know? And again, going back to where we started this whole conversation, Rock, you know, what baggage do we need to release so we can be the best version of us, so we can show up better for our kids, for us and our spouse? Yeah, well said. Well, it sounds like a, a juicy experience for people to get into that. And, you know, uh, the first thing is obviously in any pattern we have is to understand it by casting awareness on it and then creating new choices, right? You've been using that pattern or that model or that system for how many years? If it's not working, let's look at the menu of choices of some other approaches, some other conversation, different language, et cetera, and see if that's uh, gonna be more empowering or more effective. So I totally get it. So how do people um, find you? Do they get in so much pain that they're like, okay, I need something? Or what is the motive for people and, and how do physically actually people find you? So, you know, um, I, if you don't mind, I want to touch on one thing you said about awareness that sure. really uh, resonated. You know, yes, it is great to be aware, like to bring awareness to it. But if you do not take, and I say, but on purpose, if you do not take massive action to shift that with that awareness, all that awareness does is fuel the fire. It just makes it bigger. You know, so, you know, it was very critical what you said, you know, you got to be aware and then do something about it. Right. So I just really want to hit that home because that was like, so something that really came up this weekend was like, you know, it's great to be aware, but what are we going to do with it? So um, how people find me, um, it's really been about word of mouth. Like, I don't know how many people are moving into people's homes, but I mean, I've been all over the world with this. I've been to Australia, Mexico, all over the United States. So right now it's been, you know, pretty much word of mouth. Um, I would love for people to see that this investment in your family will go further, faster and longer if they do it before it gets to this crisis stage. But I really do honestly feel like when we're looking at this, I'm more of the 911 person, right? Like my house is on fire, get them here now. 
you know, like I want a divorce or I don't want to see you anymore or the divorce words coming up or the kids are like, I hate you. I don't want you. The kids are going, you know, into depression. Like there's too many labels, first of all. So when you start putting a lot of labels on you and your family, it's time to call me. <laughs> it's time to get rid of that stuff. Um, so I am all over social media under Venu Inspires. Um, that's my website. It's my social media handles. Um, I'm everywhere. That's awesome. So uh, let's talk a little about labels because a big part of this podcast is born from exactly that, right? I grew up and I had a lot of labels offered to me by my siblings and parents. I chose to take a lot of them on as people do. And it's interesting is that when we, we all have these masks, right? So I would go out in the world and because I was a high achiever, I learned how to mask my pain by becoming a high achiever, people look at you externally and they go, oh, look, he's successful. He's this, he's that. Yet internally I was, you know, I'm ugly, I'm skinny, I'm stupid, I'm dyslexic, I can't spell, I'm not a good communicator. These are all labels suggested by my siblings. So talk to us a little bit about reframing the actual identity of the family and of the environment and, and how powerful that is. So um, I too was like you rock. Like I, I, people's labels for me became my internal language and that became my identity. And I feel like going into these homes, it's the same thing. Like each individual, I just wrote a, a published article in the best holistic magazine about taking off the labels of parenting. So let's just start there for a second. Okay. How many labels of parenting right now? Are you a holistic parent? Are you a mindful parent? Are you a helicopter parent? Are you a conscious parent? What if, we didn't have a label. What if we just knew how to connect with our kids and did what we needed to do? You know, I, like you said, I have six kids. I have a child that definitely needs me to, you know, hover over a little bit and guide them a little bit more. And then I have some children that really need the freedom to feel experience and support on the outside, you know, and really be aware of their feelings. Why do I have to label what time of parent I am? Why can't I just be that parent that knows how to connect with whatever that child needs? You know, with this whole, you know, how am I showing up and who do I need to be? You know, that is really where we go into that identity. You know, who do you want to be, you know, by your definition. And I really feel like this, all these words and these labels, it's really about the meaning that we're giving them. The meaning we're giving them is the power we're giving them, you know, and we do wear masks if we want, no pun intended in this era, but you know, what mask do we want to wear today? If I'm, you know, going in bed with my husband, I'm definitely not wearing the coaching mask. You know, if I am going into the school to, you know, um, align with my child to help support them and whatever's going on because they're dyslexic, you know, I'm not wearing the wife hat. I'm wearing the mom hat. You know, we, these are our identities and we have so many of them, you know, and we have to be aware and we have to own it. And own it means you define it and you believe it. Not because somebody else says it, because you do. And is it working for you? You know, Rock, if you feel something about me and you don't like that, if it's working in my life and it's helping other people and it's supporting me, I, I feel like I need to keep that. And if you want to come to me, the beauty of understanding where we're at and that personal growth to be open and curious, like let's get curious and not critical. You know, what, you know, I would be so open for you to say, you know what, I see this in you. And, you know, um, one thing that I feel like it would make it better is this, like, oh, oh my gosh, what if it, that is, you know, what if I can use that in that moment and take that on? So I, I think that we have to get to the point to realize what, what is 
that what it is that I align with that is my truth and what's your truth that does not align with me. All right. So now you brought up a bunch of things I want to unpack. So <laughs> uh, um, are you familiar with the anagram? Yes. Enneagram, disc, all that. Yes. Right. So for people that are listening, there are many different filters that you can look at the world. And Tony Robbins talks about the six human needs, what's driving people. There's Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. There's the disc model. There's Myers-Briggs. There's the anagram. The one of the things I like about the anagram is that it talks really about the motive for the mask. So, you know, the seven, for instance, they run away from pain. Their whole joy experience is trying to experience pleasure. So they tell themselves stories and make stories up so that they, things are Pollyanna better than they are, right? Correct. Then you have the perfectionist, the one who is the person who is so afraid they're not enough. Whatever experience they had growing up, they were told, you know, you could do it better or you will be loved. Maybe they were rewarded for doing things really well. Correct. So their filter is, I need to now continue to do well to be worthy of love. So there's all these filters that people wear and the labels are usually, you know, defined as a way for us to know who we're supposed to show up as. So as you talked about, you have a different role. You show up as the mom at the parent-teacher meeting. You're not going to be using the F-bomb. You're going to show up in a certain way. But you may use it in a different co context as a coach for the rugby team, Right. Yeah. So we do have these personas. The question I think is, you know, are you conscious of it? Was it, was it by choice or was it a label where your parent just said, oh no, Susie's, Susie's introverted. She doesn't talk very much. And then you started to, oh, 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 okay. I need to be quiet. Maybe you weren't that way, but you were rewarded. Oh, she's so polite. She's so cute. She's just said so well behaved. She never really says much, sits in the corner and plays on her own. So this has got to be some, some work you definitely unpack, I would imagine. Um, absolutely. I mean, you are spot on, you know? So again, um, when we tell our kids, Oh, you're so great. They're going to be so great because that's they're rewarded for that. And that's the way they're going to be. When you right. tell your child, you're so mean, you're so bad, you're so bad. They're going to, they're going to want to live up to that because they're getting that attention. They're getting your presence. You know, um, I personally do the whole disc and hidden, hidden um, motivators. And so like, I look at the behavioral attitude index, you know, mine was social, uh, was economic tangible. And what that meant was that I would sacrifice anything to get further ahead in my success and money. And I asked myself, I'm like, is this my truth? And you know why it was my truth? Because I grew up poor. I lived in a car for two, two days. Um, I watched my mom sacrifice everything to work two jobs, go to law school and raise me by herself in a foreign country that she had just come to, you know, she came to India and had us like, I'm the first generation here. And so in my unconscious mind, I knew that I need to be successful. Even at that young age, it was stacking. And every time my mom said, no, you couldn't do that. We can't afford it. And my mind is like, okay, so when I get older, I'm going to afford it. I'm going to afford it. I'm going to afford it. And so what has happened? It has pulled me to be the successful person I am today, to not allow any boundaries or boulders to even stand in my way to say that I can or cannot do it. Even when I didn't feel good about myself. I mean, even when I was suicidal, I was the freaking director of a, a mental health institution. <laughs> you know, I mean, who does that? You know, who has a child and gets a degree and works 40 hours? If you read my resume, the first question people like, is this true? Like, how do you do that? There, it's not the how, it's the why. That 
economical, tangible has always pulled me. You know, it, let's take away motivators. Let's talk about the pull. Mm-hmm. What pulls you? And that was my pull. And it's still my pull. But now that I'm aware of that, where's the life balance? I teach life balance. And now I got to get congruent with life balance. I don't believe work and life balance. I believe life balance is part of work and part of relationships and self-care. That's what creates that life balance. How do we do that? We have to first be aware and know what we need and want to be the best version of me each and every day. And that goes back into our morning rituals. How do we design ourselves? Who are we going to be today? And what do we need to do to be that person today? So do you have all your, your, your whole family meditating in the morning together? No, but I will tell you this, every night, my children, whether I'm at a a client's house or not, they will call me and they will, or they'll leave me a message saying, mom, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. We've installed that Hoponopono in them. And then they have to tell me three things they're grateful for. In the morning, I'll ask them, who are you going to be today? I have a little video of my son, my son, I have twins, you know, that are eight now. And it's beautiful because like I had this video when he was four, taking him in preschool. What kind of day are you going to have? I'm going to have a pirate day oh my gosh, you're gonna have a pirate day? What does that look like? He's like, I'm gonna be nice and I'm gonna rescue my friends and I'm gonna, you know, whatever that little four-year-old mind thought. And then we get home in the car, guess the first question I ask him, how was your pirate day? Did you show up as that pirate? That's cool. And that is, you know, when my children, because I, you know, you said you have, you were labeled dyslexic. So my kids did, my both my twins have that too. And the most beautiful compliment I feel I ever gotten was their psychologist who tested them. They said, I've never in my life been with two seven-year-olds that are so emotionally aware of themselves. And I said, excuse me? She goes, yeah. Like they were like motivating themselves when they couldn't do it. They're like, come on, you got this. You got this, Sage. You got this. Keep going. And she's telling herself this. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I've never seen seven-year-olds do this. And I said, wow. You know why that was a compliment? Because it shows that what we practice behind the scenes shows up in them. It shows the congruency in the practice that I have with my kids. Do I yell? Yes, I do. Do I criticize and shave my husband? Yes, I do. Are these areas that I'm aware of? Yes. And I'm working on it. Those are my two millimeter shifts. Those are the things that I'm aware of. Like, wow, I'm doing it again. What do I need to do in that moment to shift it? Yeah. Minya, we could talk all day long, but we're coming to the end of our time. And I feel like there's um, so much value here for people because a lot of times people, when they're struggling, they'll get a coach or a therapist or what have you for one part of the family. I love the fact that you go in and it's like a holistic thing. It's everybody being aware and it's very practical too. When I had a major shift in my life, I had a mentor that basically was there every day in my business world. So the, the course corrections were small and they were manageable. I think sometimes we go to a Tony Robbins event, we come back with a big toolbox, we go back into the world, we get confused on how to use it. That power tool, what, what did I do again to make my move? Uh, right? And then, right? And then somebody laughs at us for pulling out this tool or whatever, and then we're like, yeah, we go back to ourselves. Really like the fact that you go into their home, it's practical, it's hands-on. I know your skill level, I've seen you in an environment working with people, so I think that, um, Gosh, what a beautiful thing, beautiful gift to give a family. So thank you for taking your past experiences and bringing them into uh, the core of what people need, which is behind closed doors. So uh, parting words for those listening. Um, you know, be true to yourself. You know, every day wake up asking yourself a better question to get a better answer. You know, if it's just as simple as, 
how am I going to be the best version of me today? Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Vinu, and for sharing your wisdom with us. And for those of you that are listening, remember that the words that follow, I am follow you. So if you are listening as a family, maybe give yourself some description for that family. We are uh, loving, patient, caring, growing individuals or something like that. And then if you want to check out Vinu, she's, uh, what's your handle again? It's Vinu Inspires. Okay. Venue inspires. Great. Thanks very much. And if you love this, remember, give us a good write-up, five stars, and share it with your friends. And we'll see you on the next podcast. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to be Rock's private VIP mastermind guest. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.